Delight yourself in the Lord. Won't you say that with me? Delight yourself in the Lord. That's the title of the message this morning. And just when I hear those words, it feels like relief. When you just hear those words, it sounds good, it feels good, solidly out of Scripture, delight yourself in the Lord. And so I have a sense this morning that we need some encouragement as a congregation and as a people in this nation, we need some encouragement. And I felt the Lord steered my heart towards this. You can turn so long in your Bible to Psalm 37. We'll get to the scripture in a few moments time. We're going to look at verse 1 to 11. If you've got the New King James Bible, I encourage you to follow along in your Bible. Uh, If you don't have, then you can follow along on the screen. Now let's Look at what God says. We've just said that we believe it, God's word, and that settles it. And so now let's let the word talk to us. Let's let it talk to us. We're looking at Psalm 37, verse 1 to 11. Do not fret because of evil doers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass. And shall wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord. Please say that with me. Delight yourself also in the Lord. That's where it says it in the word. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him. There's the word trust again, and He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. On to verse 7, the next slide. It says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Listen to this now. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Can you think of some people in our country that are bringing wicked schemes to pass? Can you think of even some families that are bringing wicked schemes to pass? Well, God says, don't fret about that, about the one who brings wicked schemes to pass. Verse 8, cease from anger, forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. When you allow your spirit to get all twisted about all of that stuff, it only causes harm. It does no good for you. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, that's you and I, shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you shall look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth. And shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. You know what? You just take a little passage of scripture like this and it breathes life into your spirit. That's why it's so important that we don't just look every once in a while at the word of God. That's why it's important that we make a discipline, a spiritual discipline of looking at the word on a regular basis. Because man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I want to tell you, the word of God causes you to be built up. So I'd like to highlight four phrases from this passage that we've read and look at them as four points. 
So here we go. Point number one, keep on trusting in the Lord. Why don't you say that with me? Keep on trusting in the Lord. The scripture says in Psalm 37 verse 3, trust in the Lord. There it is. And do good. Dwell in the land. Interesting at a time, Mandri and I were considering some years back, should we immigrate? Should we go overseas? Because her parents live there and and the Lord gave me this scripture and said, no, 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 you dwell in the land where I have placed you and you will feed on my faithfulness. But it says there that highlighted phrase, trust in the Lord. Have you ever noticed that trust is a recurring theme in the Bible, in God's words? We see this thing of trust over and over and over and over again in scripture. You can't get away from it. You see it in the word trust being used or the word faith being used. You see it in stories being told time and time again, over and over and over again in God's word. You see this recurring theme of trust. What does that say to us? It says that in the life of the believer, trusting in God is a non-negotiable. It's one of those critical aspects in your life. We've got to keep on trusting in God. Even if you've been serving the Lord for a couple of years now and You know, maybe the fire's not burning as great. I want to say you have to renew your trust in God and you have to place your trust in God over and over again. It's important that we do this. And throughout life's journey, you will come back to this over and over again. This question, do I trust God? You will come back to this. You will come back to this question of, do I really believe Him? And it's so wonderful if we say, absolutely, I will not be shaken. I am trusting in the Lord. I spoke to a lady this week, and it was on Friday. I phoned her because I know that her mom has been very unwell. This lady's in our congregation. Her mom's also in our congregation. And I spoke to this lady, and and you see, the situation is that her mom has only been given a few weeks to live. She's in her 70s, and it would seem that maybe the Lord is calling her home at this time. And here she is facing this situation, and she said, you know, John, earlier this week, I felt the Lord ask me this question, do you trust me? And she thought about it, and she said, yes, Lord, I trust you. Isn't that lovely? I want to tell you, it's holy to trust God. It's righteous to trust God. It is fitting and appropriate for us to trust God. So beautiful. And remember this, that God is the only one who is absolutely trustworthy. You may have been let down in your life by a parent, a family member, maybe even a spouse may have let you down. People at your work backstabbed you, etc. And and you've got this issue with trust and maybe you've made an inner vow. You'll say, I'll never trust again. And, And sometimes we have to be careful who we trust. But let me tell you, when it comes to God, He is absolutely trustworthy. He's completely trustworthy. The Bible says no one whose hope is in the Lord will ever be put to shame. And the reason why the Bible says that is because He is absolutely trustworthy. Now, There's the scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, it's on the screen, from verse 35 to 39, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. 
But it's all about don't let your confidence be chucked away. Let's read this. It's actually a powerful scripture, even in the end times especially. It says, Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. So, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one, that's Jesus, will come and not delay. Don't you like those words? And my righteous ones will live by faith. But the Lord says, I take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Now I want to say to you that you are not the type that turns away from putting your trust in God. You are a faithful one. I speak it over you. I speak that life over you today that you will continue to hold faithfully onto God. And this scripture is basically saying, do not cast away your confidence. I want to ask you today, is your trust in God at a confident level? God says, don't throw away your confidence. Won't you say this after me out loud? I will not be shaken. I will not be moved. My heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. Can you say amen? Number two, delight yourself in the Lord. And the picture on the screen is a little girl and she's just delighting herself. And so delight yourself in the Lord. And the scripture says in Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now that phrase, delight yourself in Hebrew, the Hebrew word for delight yourself is aunach. It's on the screen. You can see it there. Aunach. That means, aunach means to be soft and pliable. So in other words, we need to be soft and pliable to the Lord. I've discovered when we, come, when we become rigid and stuck in our ways and refusing to allow the potter to mold us, we end up with real difficulties. But God says to you, Delighting yourself in me is about being pliable towards me, <laughs> being soft in your heart towards me. Are you delighting? Are you allowing that pliability? Are you allowing that softness? And somebody has suggested that this means that we should wrap ourselves around God, that we should get caught up in Him, that softness, that pliability, and that we should let Him be the object of our fascination. He's the one that we're fascinated in. He's the one that we are delighted in. And he is our affection. There's a scripture that says that we should make the Lord our gold and our precious silver. That is what delight is about, taking pleasure in something. Now, this aspect of delighting in the Lord, I want to talk about one or two practical things completely away from delighting in the Lord. But it helps us understand this concept of delight. Now... Have you ever noticed some people who have a passion for brine? Good South African audience knows this, all right? How many of you, either yourself or you know of somebody, they're pretty passionate about brine? Raise a hand, okay? Now, and you've heard of that phrase that says, you know, just keep calm, ons gaan nou 
No Hanon's bra. I love that phrase, it's so South African. Now we're gonna bra. For those of you that don't understand Afrikaans, I almost said don't understand English. No Hanon's bra, we're gonna bra now. Now recently, Mandri and I and the boys, we had a great time in Kruger. We were caravanning in Kruger. Lord help us, it was tough caravanning in Kruger. <laughs> Especially because you had to set up five or six times, set up breakdown, set up breakdown, but we actually had a wonderful time. Now, at the evening, you come in at six o'clock when the gates close because now you've got to be out of the reserve and you've got to come back into the cab. And then what would happen is we would do what the kind of custom is, we would get our little fire going. So being a good English boy, I get my charcoal briquettes and I pop my charcoal briquettes and the fire lighter and we get the fire going and so on. But let me tell you, the Buddha do it completely differently. <laughs> and I was not impressing any of the Afrikaans Buddha there because you don't use briquettes, boy. You don't use charcoal. You use firewood. You use firewood. And so, and next thing I see all these little wooden pyramids at all the fireplaces. And I'm going into the ablution blocks and, and suddenly I'm talking Afrikaans. Hello, 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 sorry. Suddenly you don't talk English, you're in the evolution blocks and everybody talks Afrikaans. It was like a culture shock for me. But then they get that fire going and the wife knows exactly what to do, the husband knows exactly what to do and the kids know, I mean, they'd still blame on Paul Mark, no fee. They must just keep quiet because dad is now making fire. And so that pyramid gets formed beautifully. The dad has his perfect bright tongs. They are just right. He might even have the shirt. He might have the attitude, the little uh, head torch. <laughs> he wants to see, is it rare, well done, medium or whatever? And they bride together. Now, let me just give you a hot tip. When an Afrikaans man is brine, never offer to turn his meat for him. <laughs> there are some things you just don't do. Because there's a way in which you have to buy the speed. But you know what? That is delight. I mean, from the time he starts to think about lighting that fire, you know, and he's getting all excited and he, he starts to salivate in his mouth and he just knows fantastic times are ahead. <laughs> and you know what? That is what delighting is about. Having a passion for something. <laughs> Let me give you another example. So, you have, have you ever seen people who've got a passion for gardening? They've got green fingers. They just love to garden. There is nothing more exciting for them than to wake up on a Saturday morning, head down to the local nursery, and buy a bag of potting soil. Oh, that's so wonderful. And then they buy all these little flowers, the petunias, the busy lizzies, the, the daisies. No, that's not fancy enough. Come on, give me some more names. Carnations, pansies, occupations. No, that's a job. <laughs> I get it. Impatience, is that what you wanted to say? So, and then they come back home and they sink their fingers into the dirt 
and they find that it ministers to their soul, like one of those Dead Sea body wraps. I mean, it's too incredible. And then they plant those things, and then you water it with a gentle little watering can, little holes in the front. And you know what? They delight in it. They take pleasure in it. It's something that they love to do. Listen, let me, can I give you one more? You enjoy this. Okay, one more. No, there's not enough of a response. I'm not going to do it. Okay, one more. Have you noticed motorcyclists? Right. So you've got the motorcyclist, but have you seen the passion? Something happens. It'll be a normal accountant. And then on the Saturday morning, he gets his Harley out of the garage. He puts on his leathers. And there's like a transformation. It's like that movie Transformers. The guy literally transforms. He's got the shades on. He's got that T-shirt, which he never normally wears. It's got all the stuff on the front here. And he's got his shades. He's got his attitude. And he gets onto his Harley Davidson. And he is in his element. It's like How many of you are passionate bikers? Either Harley or Superbikes, whatever. Anybody put up your hand. Okay, how many of you just drive a Vespa? We just want to pray for you. Any Vespa people? It's still a motorbike, all right? It's still a bike. And so that's delight to take pleasure in something. But how do you delight yourself in the Lord? Let me say, it's in some way, it's similar to these hobbies. But the level of affection is altogether much, much greater Because you're talking about something eternal. You're talking about delighting yourself in the fairest of 10,000, in the great I am, in the lily of the valleys, in the rose of Sharon, in the great king of heaven. You delight in yourselves in him. And that's what God has called us to do, to delight ourselves in him. And when you delight yourself in him, God lifts you. And by the way, just in passing, do you know that God also wants to delight yourself in your spouse? He also wants you to delight yourself in your children. Number three, prayerfully present every aspect to the Lord. Please say that with me. Prayerfully present every aspect to the Lord. It says in Psalm 37, 5, it says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Now, notice the phrase, your way. Please say, your way. What does your way involve? Because the Bible says, commit your way. Your way involves all the affairs of your life and all the business of your life. God is saying that I actually, I really care about you. I want you to be committing all of this to me. All of those things that you face. The kids sport, the business tender, that important meeting that you have to attend the health, health checkup, the exam that you're busy studying for. God says, I want you to commit all of the affairs of life. And by the way, the word commit in Hebrew has a reference to rolling a burden onto a camel. All right, rolling a burden onto a camel. Now, I know many of you don't drive camels. One or two people might smoke camels, but that's okay. We'll pray for you. But in terms of this rolling, this burden... 
And so essentially what God is wanting us to do is that we should roll the affairs of life onto him. Now, Psalm 55, verse 22 in the Amplified Bible says, cast your burden on the Lord. Now look at this phrase, releasing the weight of it. Please say that with me. Releasing the weight of it and he shall sustain you. Now I've discovered many of us are good at praying the prayer, Lord, I cast my care onto you. But we're not so good at releasing the weight of it. I want to tell you, if we don't release the weight of it, it remains your burden. It's still yours. But when you release the weight of it, God knows you're serious about it, and he actually takes it, and he lifts it. And I want to say to you loud and clear today, sir, ma'am, God is still the great burden bearer. He loves you. He loves it when you come to you and come to him and give, you your, give him your burdens. He is the great burden bearer. And there are burdens that you and I were not designed to carry. And that's why we see sometimes a breakdown in our emotional health. Because we're carrying things God never designed for us to carry. His word is still true where he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's something that we've got to get regarding releasing the weight of the burdens to the Lord. We are not designed to carry heavy burdens. It only causes harm. That's what it says in verse 8. Do not fret. Fretting is carrying burdens. It only causes harm. And you know the results in your life when you choose to carry these burdens, when you choose to fret. You know that it causes harm. But the wonderful thing is, in God, there is this avenue of help where we can prayerfully present these things to God and know that when we do, God steps in. It's not as though you make a request and God just says, well... All the best with that. How's it going with that, you know? No, no, no. When you pray about something and you present it to him prayerfully, he steps in and he helps and he lifts burdens. And so it's wonderful to know that he steps in and he helps and carries these burdens. Now this week, I was really burdened with an issue. I had something to deal with which had really... Um, kind of stolen my joy, upset me. You say, John, you're a pastor. Do you get upset? Yeah. I thought you eat ice grapes all week and play the harp on your cloud. And, <laughs> and what's more, pastors only work on Sundays. Uh. Now, let me tell you, I face my moments. And so this week, I had something that had really bothered me, and it was actually eating at me. And I didn't take it straight to the Lord. I should have. I first began to vent. Maybe I'm the only one that does this, all right? You know when your gills at the back of your head go like this, you start to vent. So yeah, I start to vent. Firstly, I'm venting with myself. And then I'm with my wife. I'm venting with my wife about this. Why did this happen? And this person, that, the next thing. Eventually that wasn't enough. I got on the blower with my brother Andrew. I said, Andrew, would you believe this? Can you believe this? I just want to vent. Can I vent? He said, okay, but you can vent. You can vent. Here I am, venting, venting, venting. Well, I vented, but actually it didn't help all that much. And then I realized I have to take this to the Lord. And so I did. And also I was mindful of delighting in the Lord because I thought, John, you're preaching about this on Sunday. You better put this into action. <laughs> and I was mindful of this and giving it to the Lord and delighting myself in the Lord. And I want to tell you, God stepped in and my mood shifted. The next morning I got up, 
I honestly felt so much better. And you know what? You can relate to what I'm saying. Am I right? Because you know that there's those times when you choose to just stew in your juices. But then after a while you realize, I have to give it over to the Lord because God's going to turn this thing around. And so you give it over to the Lord and He steps in. It's wonderful to know that we have the privilege of presenting things to God and knowing that He does something about it. Won't you say to the person next to you, He does something about it. (laughs) Amen. Now the last point, which is just brief. Number four, expect an abundance of peace. Would you please say that with me? Expect an abundance of peace. Do you know that your heavenly father loves to give you peace? He says, peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, but peace, my peace, give out to you. Psalm 37 verse 11 says, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves. Notice the word delight in the abundance of peace. Now, would you look at that phrase, abundance of peace? And would you realize that it is your father's good pleasure to give you an abundance of peace? Wow. So wonderful. And when I think of that thing, abundance of peace, I realize that this is so needed for today's day and age. We live in a society with a lot of pressure. Even young kids, they're in primary school. There is so much pressure on little kids to do a zillion and one things. And the enemy wants to destroy peace. He wants to bring confusion. But I want to say to you that God is the prince of peace. And he wants to give an abundance of peace. And it says in Philippians 4, present your requests to God. That sounds like committing your way to the Lord. And the peace of God, please say peace of God, which transcends understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you God's thought of everything that you need. God's got you covered. And he says as we present these things, he says I step in and I guard your heart and I guard your mind with peace. Lord, help us to rely on you more for this. Amen? We need to, we need to, we need to. And so on the screen, it, it says just in summary that as we endeavor to, number one, keep on trusting in the Lord. Number two, delight yourself in the Lord. Number three, prayerfully present every aspect to the Lord. We can expect abundance of peace. And I want to remind you that he is a God of abundance. He wants your peace to be at an abundant level. He wants your joy to be at an abundant level. He wants your harmony to be at an abundant level because he's just such a great and awesome God. Can you put your hands together and can we thank the Lord? Our God. We bless you, Lord. Now let's just stand and pray. Father, I know Every one of us, myself included, we needed this word today. I thank you that your word brings life and peace. Maybe you'd just like to just lift your hands to the Lord right now. And Father, we just want to say we come before you. We declare we trust you. We trust you, Lord. And Lord, we want to delight ourselves in you more than ever before. Because we want to access 
that peace that you bring as we just delight ourselves and give these things that are bugging us to you. I pray, Lord, in this week ahead that we would be reminded by your spirit and that you would give us the grace to, as we face things which are burdensome, that we would rather go straight to you and give it to you and delight in you. And we thank you that you promise an abundance of peace. Right now, over the people of God, of every one of you, I say as a representative of the Lord Jesus here, I say, I bless you with peace. Would you just receive that now from your heavenly Father? I bless you with peace. Peace be multiplied to you. That an abundance of peace, God, your heart, that an abundance of peace, God, your mind, in Christ Jesus. We we'll love you, Lord. We give you all the honor and the thanks. In Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Amen.